Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. South Hills Kia fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peter's Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. Welcome in one of my favorites. Uh, one of the people covering the beat who know what they're doing, Mike DeFabo from The Athletic. He joins right now. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Oh, there he is. Hi, I'm, Mike. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm almost kennied out, but it is a great topic because it has picked up national steam. We'll get into a bunch of other things, especially I do want to hit on the run game in the past like nine games. I saw something that you put out there that was very fascinating to me. Uh, but let's talk about this Kenny situation. I Again, I I think I'm kind of past it, but I don't understand this whole sourcing situation and why if people are keep getting it from a source and getting it from a source, why wouldn't that source disseminate it themselves? Like, why would they be working through other people? Yeah, you know, this has been a very challenging story to navigate from a writer's perspective. And it, it's somebody that I take credibility and accountability and things of that nature very, very seriously. And, and so there seems to be a little bit of a different standard for people when it comes to print media and broadcast, and particularly in the radio. And, and I don't mean in terms of what they teach you in journalism school. I mean in terms of the interpretations of the people who do these jobs. And, and like, here's, here's the way that I'll try to explain it best. At the, at the New York Times, which owns uh, The Athletic right now, we would have to have ideally two sources who were intimately involved or had knowledge of this conversation that took place between Kenny and whoever else was involved in this conversation. And if we were unable to fulfill those requirements, we wouldn't be able to report it. And if you can't report it, then you can't speculate about it. You can't say, I heard this. And that to me in 2024, putting something out on Twitter or saying something on the radio is the same thing as reporting it. And so if by your outlet standards, you're unable to fulfill that. You either need to, number one, get that source, be a good reporter, find out what happened, figure it out, have it absolutely 100% locked down and report it, or you can't just float that out there. And, and I think that that's the issue right now is I, you know, personally, I don't have it confirmed one way or the other. I personally have nothing definitive 
that says that this happened. And therefore, I'm not going to, uh, you know, drag this guy's character through the mud and something like that. And that's kind of just where I come down with the situation. And again, it, I truthfully don't know exactly what happened. But because of that, I'm not going to blast Kenny Pickett for the situation. Yeah, I come down the same way that I the burden of proof is on you to prove what you write, not somebody to disprove what you throw out there. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely true. And again, it seems like there's different standards or people interpret it differently. And that can be a little bit of a frustration because, like, we have very clear guidelines of where it has to come from. It can't just be, you know, a friend of a friend texted me, a buddy at a pizza joint. You know, for us, we have to say a team source. It can't just be source right now. And and that's where, like, when I was in college, they said, uh, anonymous sourcing is the new crack cocaine of journalism. And, I mean, man, it's especially true when it comes to sports journalism. And you went to college where Marion Barry was the uh, mayor at one <laughs> point in time. Um, <laughs> Mike DeFavo. They know all about they that. Do. Mike DeFavo from The Athletic joining here uh, on 93.7. All right, to the quarterback position. Um do you find irony in the fact that Mike Tomlin's, not future, but his extension or at least his happiness right now rests on the right arm of Mason Rudolph? It's been such a whirlwind for that guy and the fact that, and the Steelers' playoff hopes too. It's just wild how this has turned out. Yeah, I mean, like let's look at the way that the situation evolved. The Steelers had lost three in a row. Um, they lost back-to-back games to two-win teams. They said that this was going to be a playoff game against the Colts. It was instead a no-show performance, and they kind of tossed Mason Rudolph in there at the very end. And so, you know, basically they had exhausted all of their options. They had already fired the offensive coordinator. They had already tried Mitch Trubisky. You know, Kenny Pickett had really not lived up to expectations in his second season. So this was kind of a last-ditch effort, and it's worked. And I think some of it has to do with the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals were a horrible defense. Some of it had to do with the fact the Seattle Seahawks can't stop the run at all and were very injured. Um, so Mason Rudolph was put in positions to have success, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he's capitalized on it. And I think that's the one thing that's been lost in all this Kenny Pickett discussion is the Steelers are about to play a do-or-die, essentially elimination game. And he's number two rival. on the depth chart. And Kenny Pickett is number two. And if the Steelers are to win this game, you better believe that they're going to ride with Mason Rudolph. There'd be no other logical approach. And so this quarterback who, who you believed once less than two years ago was your future has now been relegated for a backup for the last game of the season and possibly the playoffs. And, and I think for that reason, this team is at a quarterback crossroads where they're going to need to determine is Kenny the future and how, how do we build this quarterback room going forward to put us in a position to be successful in 2024. This is the conversation, Mike, and thank you for taking it there. Can they waste any regular season games doing that next year? Can Mason Rudolph even be part of that? Can they entice him to come back? Or when is the construction of that room happen and how? Yeah, exactly. This is a very complicated conversation. So starting with Kenny Pickett, the Steelers have to figure out what they think of him. Was 24 starts a large enough sample size to get a good picture of what this guy is? Or do you believe that he was so significantly hamstrung by Matt Canada that it's only fair to him to bring in a new offensive coordinator and see how he looks in that situation? I think that that's probably, given the way the Steelers do business historically and um, you know the way it seems that Mike Tomlin also really likes Kenny, wants him to be successful, 
I think that's the approach that they'll probably take if I were to guess, is that uh, Kenny will be the day one starter. Um, I don't know if there'll be a camp competition, but I think that they'll want to give him an opportunity with a new offensive coordinator to see what he is at that point. Um, And then from there, the question is, how do you build out the rest of the quarterback room? You know, um, Mason Rudolph, like, he he admitted himself, he thought he was going to be selling commercial real estate this offseason, you know, or this year, uh, had the Steelers not brought him back as the third quarterback. Now, all of a sudden, after leading the Steelers possibly to the playoffs, what's his market? And does he want to return? Because I personally believe he was not given a fair shake at a true competition last season and was, has been relegated to a third-string afterthought. You know, what would give him the confidence that he's going to get a fair shake and he's going to get a real opportunity to compete for the starting job next year? Or can he instead use these games that he's played with the Steelers as an audition to then go and get a better job? And so then, then it's a matter of also the third thing there is, do you bring in somebody from the outside? Or is there a quarterback who falls? You know, are you a team that now all of a sudden is willing to use a second-round pick on a quarterback? Are you willing to use even a first-round pick on a quarterback? Or, or do you want some of these retreads? Do you want a guy like Russell Wilson or a guy like Kirk Cousins? Are you willing to invest that kind of money? So at this point, I truly believe that everything should be on the table for the Steelers because of how Kenny Pickett performed and where they're at going into this last game of the season with him on the bench. Let's say it's another good one. Does three good games by Mason Rudolph merit a team coming and trying to pluck him, or does it merit the Pittsburgh Steelers thinking, all right, let's get rid of Mitch's contract and bring him in and make him uh, have fight Kenny Pickett for the number one job here? Well, I mean, I, I think that what Mitch Trubisky has done to this point, he's a good guy, but he's a bad quarterback. And, um, like, I have thought often over the last couple of weeks, where would this franchise be had they never brought in Mitch Trubisky? And if they had either given Mason Rudolph a chance last year to be the guy or at a minimum made him the number two, um, because it sure seems like Mason is a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky right now. And, and he's younger and really hasn't had much of an opportunity. Like the sample size is large enough with Mitch. So at a, if I were the Steelers, I probably would be trying to talk to Mason Rudolph give him Mitch Trubisky-type money, make him the number two quarterback going into next year. But are there other teams? Are there another 31 teams out there looking for a backup? And if you're Mason Rudolph, can you find a better situation? Because if I'm Mason Rudolph, I'm looking at this thinking, man, if they're bringing Kenny back, that's their guy. I'm not their guy. Um, And do I want a fair shake? Do I want an opportunity to compete for a starting job? Or – you know, do I want to be assured that I will be that backup that that's one heartbeat away from starting? Tell me what the Steelers have done since inserting Broderick Jones along that line in terms of the run game. Yeah, so I, I tweeted out the stats, and um, it really is, is truly striking the difference. So through the first, let's find it here. Through through the first uh, eight weeks of the season. The Steelers were the fifth worst in yards per carry, averaging about or in yards per game, about 80 per game, and fourth worst in yards per carry. Okay, so then they decided to insert Broderick Jones into the lineup at right tackle, and since he began starting, they're sixth best in yards per carry, averaging 144 yards. Uh, I mess up this stat. They're sixth best in yards. Yes. Yards per game and eighth best in yards per carry. 144 being, yards per game, four and a half yards per carry, I believe it was. There we go. You got me. So basically the, the, the point is this, you know, really their, their running game has transformed 
and that is the inflection point was was starting Broderick Jones. And I think that it's a couple things here. Um, you know, he came in and everyone thought he was going to be the starting left tackle, and I think that that probably is his future. But at right tackle, some of his inexperience and in pass protection is is kind of covered up but he's able to highlight his athleticism. You know, he ran the fastest 40 of any offensive lineman at the NFL uh, combine, 4.97 40-yard dash. And and they're using him in that way where he's able to get out in space. Um, You know, he's able to get to the second level. And and so I think that that's one of the reasons why the run game has improved, but it's not the only one. You know, they've also – Pat Meyer has a leading role in this where he's taken a, a, you know, kind of command of the run game and had meetings with the running backs, the tight ends, the offensive line, where he gets up on a whiteboard, illustrates how all these runs are supposed to go. And they've also added new wrinkles. You know, if you look at the way they're running the football, um, they ran a counter play very successfully on numerous, numerous occasions against the Seahawks. They started to love this toss play. Um, So, you know, it just shows. And then the other part of it is just three tight end personnel groupings, which have been able to been open up to them now that Pat Fryermuth is healthy and been very effective for them as well. And something that uh, Mike Sullivan did when he was promoted to offensive coordinator or play caller in the middle of the year back in his Giants days. So all of it kind of comes together. But if you're looking for one singular moment where things changed, it was when they started starting Broderick Jones. Will he flip to the left side still? And then will they go left-hand heavy when they run if they do that because of the success that they've had? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think that they believe in Dan Moore. Um, You know, when you talk to Pat Meyer, he said that of the offensive linemen he's been around in his career, he feels like Dan Moore has improved maybe the most out of any guy. Um, So, you know, it it will be interesting. Like, obviously the Steelers felt they were underperforming at that left tackle position. You know, you don't spend the 14th overall pick on a left tackle if you're satisfied with what you're getting there. Um, So, so. But at the same time, he's kind of held up reasonably well. So, you know, I think the long-term future of Broderick Jones' left tackle, whether that's next year, whether that's two years from now, I think remains to be seen. Last thing before we let you go, Mike. Mike DeFabo joining from The Athletic. Do the last couple games, because the way uh, somebody ends a season can have impact on what you want to do long-term. Um, are they starting to think differently about Najee Harris's long-term future, do you think? I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, but, but I'm thinking differently about it. I mean, um, you know, through the early part of this season, I really did not feel like he's lived up to where he was drafted. And, and I felt like it was difficult to say that he was better in any area than Jalen Warren. Um, that's changed. You know, the last couple of games, he's been a much more determined and decisive ball carrier. And, you know, I, I think that Mike Tomlin has a special soft spot for Najee. Um, I think he really has a true affinity for this guy. I think he wants to be a mentoring figure in Najee's life. I think he likes him a lot as a person um, and as a player. And and so, you know, I, I, I'm really curious. I think it's going to be a fascinating decision. I don't have a great feel on which way it would go, but, but certainly I, I think that the success that Najee has had the second half you know, has to help his cause at least a little bit. Do you know we could maybe see a snow game on Saturday night down there? Oh, man, that would be incredibly electric. I do love the snow football. Yeah, you love the snow football. Reminds you of the backyard, getting out there in late trobe, playing with your buddies, coming in at halftime to get some hot chocolate from your mom, all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, my brother and I used to play, like, one-on-one tackle flag football in the front of the yard. Oh, that's great. Uh, 
like when it snowed. So I'm I'm totally for that, definitely. All right. And so yeah, snow, sleet. It would only be AFC North ball if it was like that, right? AFC North road action in this case, Michael. That's right. Uh-huh. Down yeah. in Maryland. <laughs> well, some of you just say up in Maryland. No matter where you go geographically, they'll say up. They'll say, you know, up Virginia, up North Carolina, wherever. So they'd say up in Maryland for sure. Go up camp. <laughs> Definitely up camp. Um, all right. Great stuff from you. I appreciate all of it, as always. Great to talk to you, and we'll talk again soon. All right. I appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot. Have a Very, great night. Mike DeFabo, the absolute best on the beat. So check out his work at The Athletic all the time. Fan text line, hit me there. Brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Something is ruling America, particularly with young ladies. I want to, and particularly with suburban housewives. I don't understand why this thing is that important, why they need to have this, and why they won't settle for anything less than this thing. It is mind numbing to me. I'll tell you what it is. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Next. Fan Hotline, that's where Mike DeFabo joined. Presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing, heating, and air conditioning provider for over 50 years. Big thanks to Mike from The Athletic. He's always oh so good. Noah Hiles is going to join at 9 o'clock to talk a little pit hoops. They've hit a little bit of a uh, down spell, so there is that. couple things. I, I do want to get into the one thing that people can't go without that is just mind-numbing to me. But Charlie Borges is producing tonight, and he's doing the updates as well because the producer generally does the updates. Charlie, you're saying you're from New Jersey, right? Is this true? Right. Okay, you're from New Jersey. This is true, yes. Now, you're saying Monroeville when you say Min- yeah. Monroeville. I've been uh, chastised for this by my girlfriend's family who's oh. from – I'm sorry, let me re- – They're Monroeville. from Monroeville? They're from Monroeville, yes. It's, I, now, you're probably pronouncing this correctly, okay? If you look at it phonetically and you ask 99% of the world's population, you're probably right, but you're not right here. The O is replaced by an I. So try it again. Monroeville. There you are. There you are. Yeah. It makes no sense. It's like North for sales. It's one of those kind of things. 
But it's how the president's name, people say James Monroe, right? Not James Monroe. They say James Monroe. There's a Monroe Township, New Jersey. So when I see Monroe and then you see a Ville after it, in right. my brain, it's Monroeville. Let, let me, I'm going to break this down for you. Okay. You're right, but you're wrong. Just, it makes no sense, but it's much easier to just do it our way. Just Monroeville, you'll save people the texts, you'll save the angry calls, you'll do all that. Your parent, your your in-laws, whatever, maybe someday. All that, they won't give you grief or guff. Just when you look at Monroeville, envision that O, the first one, there's only one, is an I, and you're fine from there. It took me a while to get used to yins. I'd never say. Yins has evolved. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. Yins was something that was not used as an, a term of endearment when I was little. It was, you made fun of people who said yins. It wasn't like this celebratory term. All right, I do want to get into this at 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. These Stanley Cup, not that you win after you win the NHL championship, but the Stanley Cup water vessels. That seemingly every suburban soccer mom has. Okay? And they fight for. There was a release I saw at Target or something where there was a new pink one that came out. Where they had to line up and get this new Stanley Cup. Again, not the trophy, but the water holding vessel. Charlie's holding one up right now. But uh, the, the different one, the ones with the handles on it. I am perplexed over these. My wife has one. My daughter has one. Now, they are not bonkers for them. They didn't line up, sleep overnight, somewhere out on a sidewalk for a store to open, or need to go to a certain website, hit reload, 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 like it's Ticketmaster uh, or whatever site trying to get Zach Bryan concert tickets or whatever. They didn't do it like that. But they wanted to have, especially my daughter, who will be 13 in February, they wanted to have the right Stanley Cup. And they got them for the holidays. Here is my question about all these at 412-928-9370. And I guess they're kind of like what Yetis were five, eight years ago. Does the water really taste different? Does the drink really taste different? Does your water or your beverage or your drink or your liquid of choice stay in that thing so long anyway that you're going to need to keep it cold for that extended period of time? That is to say, if you opted for one that was a little less expensive or a little easier to get, was that one that you got going to... It was going to turn warm sooner than you could drink it anyway. The rush, this feels to me like absolutely a label buy. That's it, right? And hey, I don't begrudge anybody. If you, like people say, if I had all the money in the world, no way would I spend, like whenever a rich person spends money on a private jet or whatever. Hey, if they got it, go ahead and spend it, man. That's on you. You buy whatever you want. If, or 
I can't, who needs a house with nine garages? Hey, if my man wants to buy a house with nine garages and he got the jack to do it, God bless you. You'll never find me hating on him. But I am just trying to get down to the science of it. If you have a yet a Stanley Cup cup, right? Not the trophy, the cup. Does this thing hold water better than the other places? Now, this was something that was originally like for factory workers way back in the day, right? It's not something that's, I don't think, as much of a trend. It had like a, there, there was utility to it. And it was something that workers had, something that you took to work, something that you, you were in and you were working a hard eight and you had that Stanley Cup, like in, in a little reading that I've done about this. So I can get on board with that. You know, it's like when you get, people have done this with jeans. Jeans were originally something that people wore to do work. And now it's turned into a fashion plate sort of thing. And now they wear those jeans. Okay, they had a practical use at first, and then they've turned into that. So, all right, I can understand it. But, man, this holiday season, this was the Cabbage Patch doll for grown-ups. They were crawling over each other to try to get this freaking cup. And especially the new one, this pink one, I think, that is at Target now. It's a huge deal. And again, if you go, and I'm not saying you should do this, like DH Gate or one of those knockoff sites. If you got, if you went and you got a knockoff or you went on, even better yet, Canal Street in New York City. You walk down Canal Street and you talk to the lady and she's like, I got Gucci, I got Prada, I got Coach, and you know it really ain't, right? And she got Stanley Cups right there. And you bought a couple. And you gave them to somebody who wanted a Stanley Cup. And you gifted it to them. And they had it. And they used it. And they drank their water each day at their office at the insurance company where they sat at the desk all day. Think they'd ever be able to tell that that wasn't the real Stanley Cup? Like, you could tell knockoff uh, handbags. You could tell knockoff shoes. You could tell knockoff different things all the time. But the Stanley Cup? I don't know. Nick's in Carrick. Nick's on the fan. Hi, Nick. Hey, Colin. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. All right. So, on the Stanley, the only thing I can say on it is that with the knockoffs, maybe, because I actually got one. Like, I got a dollar store just whatever that I use at work to, you know, keep watering. And my girlfriend's daughter has the Stanley and that Stanley, I will say that at the end of the day, that thing's on the counter and then, you know, went through school and all that. And ice is still in that. And my thing that ice is not still. Uh, oh, you know, so uh, we're on to something. Maybe where you could find the, the knockoffs would be that thing. Those, you'll put ice in that and water in that at 6 a.m. and it'll be, Six, seven o'clock at night, still ice cream. But here's my thing. Your point is very well taken, which gets back to the crux of the conversation, Nick. Does anybody who's not out in the Congo, like camping or something, (laughs) do they need to have their ice cold for 27 hours? You know what I I mean? I don't think so. I think you're on to something where it's more just like a a flex how – 
you know, just because something has a Nike symbol, it doesn't make it any better than something that's champion or whatever. Well, so, it I mean, might just... make it better, but you never get the full use out of it. You don't need your wife, like your wife or whoever that goes to, to yeah. work at the insurance company. They're never going to need to keep no, their I... water cold for 29 hours straight. No, I agree. I agree. Oh, what about the Steelers? I'll, how how you liking the, the chances of us in the playoffs or getting in, getting in at least? It's funny you say that. I was just looking that up. 21.6% it lists the official um it lists the official chances for the Steelers. I think okay. it's probably more like 50-50, honestly, but yeah. it's going to be a snow game, I think. You're going to at some point, and I thank you for the call Nick as always. At some point, I think Mason Rudolph's luck, so to speak, is going to run out. Um, I think it's more probably, I said 50-50, it's probably a 40-60 proposition. 40% they get in, 60% they don't. I don't like whenever you have other things, other people needing to do things for you. When it's up to you and you know you got to win and it's right in front of you, there you go. Back to the Stanley Cup, though. You know, I'm glad he called from Carrick. I really am. Because now he has me thinking, all right, this thing stays cold for like 28 hours, he said. Okay, whoever needs that? And do I want to drink water that stays in a cup that's 26 ounces or 20 ounces or whatever for 26 hours? I'm going to dump it out and refill it. So people are spending, and I'm not here to sully the good name of the Stanley Company, nor their cups that are selling outrageously all over this country, in world, I guess. But I just don't know if you get the full use or if you're ever going to need the full use. It's like those Yeti coolers, right? Oh, I got a Yeti cooler. Well, you know what that Yeti cooler is really for? It's for putting on your back when you go shoot an elk in the Yukon and slicing it up and packing it and trudging back through 12 hours until you find a town again. It's not to take the Star Lake to drink, you know, a bunch of White Claws. That's not the real use of it. But it is what it is. Huh. I have found out, though, in this conversation, and I do thank Charlie for telling me, and I do thank the caller for telling me from Carrick, that the Stanley Cup, not the trophy, but the cup, is actually something that has a very good use to it, and the water stays colder for longer, which is, well, what you want from one of those cups. We do talk Steelers coming up in just a little bit. It's a happy birthday to someone. I'm going to tell you who that person is in just a little bit. And at the Pittsburgh Travel Showcase, vacations, they begin here. Presented by AAA Travel, January 19th through the 21st. David L. Lawrence Convention Center. There's exclusive discounts and uh, convenient one-stop shopping. Tickets at PittsburghTravelShowcase.com, where your adventure is waiting for you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, 
better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good text here. It's more like a you in Monroe. You're right. It can be an I or a you. Min or Mun. One of the two. Min, Mun. Somewhere in there. What it definitely isn't is an O. Even though it is an O, it's not an O in Monroeville. 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. Big thanks to our friend Matt. Matt, a P1 listener, listens all the time. My man, who's one of the greatest, he has one of the best beards in the world. He just sent me a picture of the Stanley Cup, not the trophy, the cup, that his wife has next to her on the couch literally all the time. And it's right next to her. Big stuff from Matt all the time. Anyway, 412-928-9370. I do want to, it is somebody's birthday. And man, it just means we're getting old. And I do want to wish a happy birthday to that someone. That's after I talked to Charles in Chicago. Hi, Charles. Thanks for waiting on hold. Hey, Colin. Thanks so much for having me on. Hope you're having a great start to your new year. Thanks so much. Well, thank you. So, you too. Thank you. Uh, so real quickly, I just want to make a quick two-part uh, point here. Um, number one was regards to Mike Thomas as far as the quarterback situation. And a lot of people who will always point to he's never had a losing season. That's nothing to dump on and, like, uh, disparage, okay? That's very good impressive. But I've been on record saying ever since his last playoff win, I think he's been more reduced to, like, a Marvin Lewis or Tony Dungy where he's been a great regular season coach as of late, not winning a playoff game. But aside from that, if you look at all the current coaches that's uh, competing with him, you got at least, like, uh, 12 coaches who, want, who not only made the playoffs – but won playoff games with more than one quarterback. And with Mike Tomlin, this is his third opportunity to prove they could do it without Ben Rosberg. I think if you want to look at a definition of a greater coach, at some point you got to not only punch your ticket into the playoffs, win a playoff game. And then last uh, thing I want to ask you, it's a question. Well, uh, let's let's tackle skills. that first. There's no hurry. I think okay. I think you're right about that, and I think that – the problem it's not a problem it's just a matter of perspective there's a perspective with the local media and the local fans and they're getting restless but the national media and the national fans will never see it that way they see it as largely okay he's right there in the mix okay he gives the Pittsburgh Steelers a shot and okay they never have that five four or five win season so the Steelers are a viable and a very strong franchise so that's where that is and um I could see both sides of it, although I do side with kind of the local end of it. Like, all right, show me a playoff win, please. No, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Again, I don't want to be dismissive 
of like what he's done. But I think at some point, great coaches will find a way to make proper adjustments. I mean, look at the recent example of like Pete Carroll right now since Russell Wilson. He did it with Geno Smith. And he did a few other times, a long time ago, with guys like Matt uh, Hasselbeck, Drew Bledsoe. All mm-hmm. time in his career, he's won multiple playoff games. I'm just saying, it's it's very yeah. impressive. He also but, didn't give the football to one of the greatest short yardage backs in history in a short yardage situation in one of the biggest situations he's ever coached in in his life. No, that that's fair. <laughs> yeah, so, and then, so, but no, now, what's your what's your question? So here's where I'm a little mind-boggled on. So I know the Steelers playoff clinching scenarios by heart. I read an article on CBSSports.com. I'm sure you've seen it. Mm-hmm. So the last scenario, just in case the Steelers lose, which is mind-boggling. Can I warn you about this? Do you know whenever they have those, if this team beats this team and this team loses to this team and then this team ties this team, you know all that kind of stuff? I am the worst person in the world at all of that, just so you know. Okay, well, like I said, I, I just want to ask it anyway. I'm sorry, but if sure. you could ask someone like your staff or like point out, here's where I'm confused at. So three out of the four teams, just in case the Steelers lose, they lost head-to-head matches versus the Colts and Texans, which they're playing for, by the way. The where that game could, could have a chance to clinch the division should the Jaguars lose. That'd be another thing that the Steelers would need to have happen. So, you know, the Colts and Texans cannot end in a tie. Jaguars would need to lose for the winner Colts Texas was clinched the AFC South. And then they would need a Broncos win, you know, to like uh get in the playoffs. Right. But here's where I'm confused at. Isn't it true like when it comes to tiebreakers, if you lose head to head with that team you're competing with, you faced each other. Doesn't that kind of like cut off all the other scenarios about your conference? Yeah, that's like the first conference. one. That's the very top one. Plus the script doesn't let them end in a tie. The, the NFL script said they're not allowed to end in a tie, so it can't be a tie. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. They've gone over it, chapter and verse. It's been sent out from New York. There's no ties this weekend. The script says it can't happen. Happy 47th birthday, by the way, to A.J. Burnett, one of the biggest badasses who's ever played any sport in this town. You talk about a guy who lifted a franchise at a time in which a franchise needed to be lifted. And you know the other part, too? Whenever somebody takes the responsibility of being the face of a franchise and being the guy, like Andrew McCutcheon was at, to, to some degree during those years, but Burnett was really, too, during those couple runs. And you know how hard that is to be? Whenever you are a pitcher and you only get the ball every fifth day, that's an incredible dynamic in sports and in baseball. Amy's an Imperial. Hi, Amy. Hey, Colin. How are you? I've never been better. How's everything with you? Oh, it's great. I just had a call in because you and Charlie were chatting about Monroeville. We sure were. And Similarly, I think you could also add Mount Lebanon to that, where if you're not from around here, people would say Lebanon, which is not correct. Don't they? When they have the automated thing or when it was first introduced on the T, didn't they say, next stop, Mount Lebanon? Didn't they say that? Yes. Yes. And you would be sitting on the T and people would say, Lebanon, like people would yell out. Yeah. Next stop, Mount Lebanon. And and people <laughs> yes. are like, that is wrong. What are you doing yes. here? It's, yes, okay. Yeah, Mount Lebanon is a good one too because 
you're right. In 99.9% of the world, somebody says Mount Lebanon, you go, yeah, sure, that's what it's called. Here, yep. incorrect. Absolutely totally. wrong. North Versailles is the one, though. There's got to be a lot of people say North Versailles, right? Yes. Yes. See, that's why you need to be correcting the people. <laughs> I, You're doing a service. I know. I didn't want to come down hard on Charlie. There's not a nicer guy that is in our office. There's not. Charlie Borges is a if, – if everybody acted like Charlie, we wouldn't need a Pentagon. He's so nice. But I, I just felt it would help you in the long run to let you know that around here you say Monroeville, not Monroeville. Jeff's in Bridgeville. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Colin. I uh, Pleasure to be with you. I appreciate what you said yesterday involving the Kenny Pickett situation. I just wanted to ask you from your standpoint – uh, being what you said was contradictory to others in your profession. Wait, let's, uh, sl- let's slow down because I want to be able to digest all of this. There's no hurry. Go ahead. Okay. Um, when you report, when you gave your opinion on that, that, that matter, um, being that it was contradictory to other journalists who reported that in your profession, I'm just speaking in the broader sense of journalism. Uh, did you receive any blowback from that, from anybody in your profession? And if so, how do you handle that? when you report things or you have an opinion like you have? Um, in terms of what I said yesterday or in in history? Well, perhaps you could take it in history in terms of uh, – we're not – you know, I understand you, you don't – in journalism, you can't reveal your sources. Right. So like, now, keep in mind to, I worked at the Post-Gazette for nine years. Right, and so I'm saying overall, you know, when you look at – when you take, take in the – the breadth of the journalistic uh, profession, when you have an opinion that goes contradictory to others even that work at your mm-hmm. station oh, yeah, yeah, saying anything, how, do, do you get into conversations with them it, off air that we don't hear about? And if so, how do you handle that in terms of like, hey, I'm a journalist, you're a journalist, you're going against oh, good question. Oh, good, ethics? Very good question, Jeff. With this Thank particular you. incident or incident, with this particular situation, no, no, there wasn't any conversation about anything. The way I would have handled this with anybody who works here or anybody who works with any other outlet was I would have definitely needed to have two sources, very good ones, and ones that were there every single day and ones that I've trusted for a long time. And that is also, I always look at like, okay, calling essentially Kenny Pickett a liar or saying what Kenny Pickett said wasn't the truth. I would work off of the baseline that you need to prove what he's saying is, the burden of proof is on you to prove what he's saying is not true rather than labeling him something and then him needing to work out of that. You follow what I'm saying? The, the, I think that's the American spirit, and and I also, you know, the reason I ask that question is sometimes people get lost in the sauce, as the kids say, and you know we're not getting the behind the scenes mechanics of of how that process like works. Like the, the so, burden of proof is on me to prove he's lying as a journalist, not for to say you're lying now disprove me. That's not the way that it works. Like that ain't the way that the world works. At least my world. For some other people, it might. But that's just not the standard, like, I kind of hold myself to. Case in point, I know for a fact, because I have multiple people, 
And what I said this past summer and what I reported and what I said about Key Brian Hayes, okay, in his situation here in Pittsburgh and not necessarily being the happiest camper. Like, I know it. He came out and he said, well, I don't really feel that way. I feel strong in what I said on that because I had two people tell me who were intimately close to it and players can come out later and say, hey, I didn't say that at all. I understand that game and I get how that game works, but I never would have uttered it unless I had multiple people tell me who I know were there every single day. So just to just to clarify, it is your contention that the rumor, if we will just say that in a broad scope, the rumor does not have two verifiable sources. Well, I don't know if I because I didn't report it. Like I don't know if it does or it doesn't because it wasn't me reporting it. What I can tell you is this: that if I were to put it out there, I would have had to say it, but it doesn't add up for me because. The Steelers organization, why would they let a second-year quarterback in the doghouse stand in front of media and flat-out lie, making the 17th-year head coach look bad, and then give him a promotion this weekend and take him on the trip whenever there's a PR representative standing right there next to him? Also, there's this. We don't always in the world have to say anything. Kenny Pickett could have stood there and said, the conversations we had are kept in-house. You know, like, there's a third prong to all this. People are saying, well, is Kenny Pickett lying? Is Mike Tomlin lying? Is why? What if Kenny Pickett would have stood in that locker room and just said, you know, um, conversations are kept in-house. Every- he has that right. Yeah. Right. No, you're 100% correct. And, and, and uh, that's why I just, you know, from a broad-stroking Tomlinism standpoint, just kind of wanted to get the mechanics of how that reporting worked. And uh, In knowing Kenny Pickett, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, Jeff, uh, or at least in this conversation that you've asked me. In knowing Thank Kenny you. Pickett a little bit and knowing, his, and, and knowing his character, right, I find it impossible, and I would bet my bank account on this, that Kenny Pickett, would stand and assemble the media and stand in front of them and exonerate himself as strongly as he did and be able to stand there with such vigor and firmness and be so forthright and be lying to all of them. I find that impossible. It would be a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> it, it would. It would be, it'd be extremely out of character, and frankly, I find it impossible. I do. Anyway, 412-928-9370, we get back into the Steelers. We get back into Kenny Pickett on the field, though, because for me, that's the much more um, important conversation. Fan weather right now. Sun Chevrolet, 2023 Silverados, 1500s up to $7,500 in rebates right now. SunChevy.org. Snow coming this weekend, maybe, maybe not, but you can expect temperatures right now to dip in the low 30s overnight tonight. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.